Good morning. Yes, so, so Pastor Chris Best is preaching downstairs. So just, you know, be praying for him too as he gets rolling. I, I hear he's about to start. Um, pray for that main service while we, while we enjoy our time up here. We want God to speak everywhere. So, uh, somehow I lost my tablet. So I got this big screen I'm going to put right here to hide behind a little. Feels, feels old school when you got like a whole computer, you know, back in the day, you used to use it. Am I on? Am I good? Is, uh, is Zoom hearing me? Yeah? Serene, are you on Zoom? Right now, good. Okay, because today we're going we're gonna to break a couple of times in the middle of our, of, our, of our teaching time to get into groups and to pray, and so if you'll be able to tell the people on zoom to unmute and jump in with you or if there's too many maybe someone else can get on zoom too to facilitate that when we get there we'll be in psalm 119 as you can see um 129 through 136 so be opening up your your bible get your notebooks out we need to make sure that we are ready to engage with the word and engaging with the word means a couple of things it means that i have a a mind that's ready. I've come and I've decided that I want to hear from the Lord. I have a heart that's ready. I've come and I've asked God to still my heart and, and to tune me in. And it means that I just do the practical things that are necessary in order to meet with the Lord. I find that it helps when I open up a Bible. A lot of times we put the scripture on the screen, I know. But for me, just a practical thing, it really helps me to engage by having a Bible in my hand, whether it's a book or it's on a tablet or some form, as long as I have my Bible, that helps me to engage. And the other thing that helps me personally to engage, and this is just me, you might be different. You might be smarter and better and more transcendent uh, than I, but I have to have a pen and paper or some method of note-taking readily available. And if I don't, I find that it's easier for my mind to wander and for me to get distracted. But when I got that pen in my hand, or in my mouth, however you work it. <laughs> I'm ready. And that way, when, when the Spirit speaks, well, I'm ready to capture it. Right? That's what we want to do. We want to capture what the Lord is saying to us today and make sure that we have that so we can take it when we leave and we can continue to engage with it. Do you guys believe that? Like, is that why you came? I mean, we don't come just for the, the cool people. We don't come just to hang out and see each other. We don't come just to hear some guy get in front of us and, and do a thing. We come to interact with God's word, and we want to take that with us. It should go with us throughout our week. It should continue to challenge us as we move forward. All right, so there, there we are. So now you're, you're ready, whatever that means for you, and I'm ready, generally, whatever that means for me up here. Let's go ahead and read. I'm going to read out loud. You can follow along with me. We'll just go through these eight verses and, uh, and see what they have to say. Then we'll jump into it. Psalms 119, 129. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light and giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man 
so will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of water run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. And this is pay as we're working through it. As you guys know that every, every eight verses is a stanza that correlates to one of the, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And it works through the Hebrew alphabet in order. And if we were reading in Hebrew, then every one of these eight verses would start with that letter pay that letter which would correlate to our p in english right and so we've talked about that as we've been working our way through psalm 119 so it has uh this this you know this uh just this really cool form in terms of the way it lays out if you're reading it in hebrew now we don't lose anything by reading it in english uh we don't see the the cool literary trick but we can learn about that but the truth that gets delivered through it is still there. Occasionally, we talk about some of these letters and how the Hebrews themselves view them. This pay letter is interesting. I didn't put a, uh, a Hebrew version of it on your screen. Some of your Bibles will have it, but it looks like a, uh, it looks kind of like a backwards E, if we were thinking about it uh, from our script, or almost like a, like a mouth. And, and the Hebrews in, engage with this letter, when they consider this letter, they do consider it to be a vocalization. They think of it as uh, as a letter that represents communication out of the mouth. And uh, though we see this frequently throughout the Psalms and Psalm 119, that a lot of these are declarations, this stanza in particular is a set of strong declarations that come from David. It's him just using his mouth to cry out to the Lord. Now, interestingly, the, the letter ahead of that, Ain, that we covered a month ago, uh, is related to the heart or the internalization to the internal communication. And so there's an interesting structure that lays out in the Hebrew alphabet uh, that, is, that is important for, you know, the Hebrews recognize it, but it's important for us to recognize as well that first you, you, you have to have your heart set right before you start opening your mouth. And they would teach you this, out, and the Bible teaches us this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And there's a simple proverb or a practical application to that. You're gonna say what's in your heart and it's gonna come out. So here's wisdom. Keep your mouth shut until you get your heart right. <laughs> That's a hard way to start. Sorry. Let me, let me lighten up. Let's back up. That's just pay. That's, that's the Pac-Man. To me, it kind of looks like Pac-Man. I think it's just, it's going and it's open and it's saying, uh, but it's also consuming. It's mwah, 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 mwah. All right. But here's the way we're going to break this down. Some of these stanzas come out and, and you... And, you know, they, they bring you just kind of clear themes. Sometimes it seems like David just has a lot to say, and he's just, just bringing it all out. And this is one of those stanzas for me, that he just is making these declarations. And I want to walk us through them. And the way that we're going to do it is we're going to start by looking at the first three verses. In these first three verses, David just is declaring three right evaluations or three right observations. And so we'll look at those, and then after that, we're going to break and take some time to pray through those concepts. So as I talk about these verses, you make sure you're understanding what, what, what God is saying in those verses to you, because we're gonna get in groups uh, and I'm gonna ask you to share just kind of what God is saying to you or ask for prayer and for us to be able to fellowship together because this is um, fellowship time, right? So I'm gonna give you some words to, to work through. So 129, thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. And the first right observation is this, and it's simple. It's that the word is wonderful. 
And we all have to come to this right observation, this right position, this right viewpoint of the word of God, if we are going to be able to interact and receive what God has for us. And if we're honest, some days the word doesn't feel so wonderful, does it? Because in me, in my flesh, you know, sometimes I wake up and, and it's hard to get moving and, or maybe because of, you know, of my own heart, or maybe, you know, I'm reading somewhere in the scripture that's some days it's difficult. Some days it's challenging, or maybe some days you read it and you're like, this is just a big list of names. Why'd God put so many names in the Bible? There's 19 chapters of names. And I, can I get a break? Right. And some days you go, is it really wonderful? I've got kids that are 10, nine and six. My, my older two, 10 and nine are boys that uh, I see this in them uh real clearly right now they love they love generally they love coming to church um most days they love their their class they love what they're learning they love the the teachers that are interacting with them and uh you know so sundays are always like yeah here's what i learned here's what i talk about and i'll say cool are you going to get up tomorrow and read you know or we'll have some some conversation like that and they'll go in phases where they're like yes because the, the word is awesome and, and, you know, my 10-year-old, he'll come in in the morning, whenever he, it is, he wakes up and he'll bring his Bible into the office where I'm at and he'll sit down and he'll start reading. And then after a few days, uh, he'll miss a day or two and then he'll be, and I'll say, hey, um, are, are you reading? He'll be like, uh, it's boring. <laughs> and, I mean, I love it because they're honest, right? They're nine and they're 10 and, and, and you know, they're like this and, and I think that's, that's okay at nine and 10 and, and we just keep working through it and, uh, you know, I'm not laying the law on them, and it's not a, a mandate. It's say, I want, I want you to start recognizing what I recognize, is that the word actually is wonderful when you open it up and you go with the right heart and you let God start speaking to you. Now, if you approach the word with that mindset, from that position every morning, it'll change you. And what will flow out of it is what flew up, flew, uh, flew, flowed, flewed, <laughs> came out for David, the second half of that verse. Therefore, doth my soul keep them. See, sometimes we look at the commandments of the Lord and we think they're grievous. Oh, man. God asks so much. This holiness thing, that's hard. That's burdens. That's boring. Like, look at what everyone else gets to do. And we look at maybe the, the commands of the Lord and the things that he asks of us, and we go, oh, I don't know, man, that's just so, it's tough. But that's because you didn't recognize how wonderful the word is. That's because you didn't recognize just how great it is that the almighty God would stop and take time to communicate to you and give you what you need, all things that you need for life and godliness. Because when we recognize how wonderful it is, even the hard part of the word becomes wonderful and becomes that's exactly what I want to do. That's the response that comes out of it. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? And this, that word wonders there at the end is, is the same idea, that say, is the exact same word that's, that's here. God himself does wonders. He tells us his word is wonderful, but he is also wonderful himself and doing wonders. And here's what he wants to do. He wants to take the wonderful word and apply it into your life and through that work wonders in your life as well. Did you know that? I mean, this is Exodus 15. This is coming on the heels of all of, uh, of the wonders that he displayed in Egypt. 
right? Do you know he wants to do the same kind of wonders in your life? You're like, hallelujah, send frogs in my neighbor's house then. <laughs> that guy's bothering me. Psalm 77, 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Do you have that same testimony? Can you look back at your life and see how, how the word of God has moved in your life? And you can look back and say, God did this, it was wonderful. God did this, it was wonderful. God did this, and it was wonderful. Praise the Lord for the opportunity we have to start this class with praise and prayer. And, and Rachel goes, God answered like uh, five or six of my prayers this week. Hallelujah. The wonders of old, I remember them, and they're amazing. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zone. And this is the declaration of who God himself would be, the one that would come uh, in flesh as a child, born unto us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. Wonderful. Because it is also in his nature to be wonderful. It is part of who he is. It is his name. And so this is the first uh, right declaration, the right realization that, that, uh, that the psalmist makes, that David makes here, that thy testimonies are wonderful. And it brings us to this question, does the word amaze you? And as we get into a group here in just a couple minutes, you'll take that as, as your first consideration. Does the word amaze you? So where are you at right now in terms of your daily interaction with the word of God? Are you allowing God to amaze you through his word, or is it stale? Is it hard? Are you dragging? And we go through those seasons, and we go through those times, and I would say one of the best things that you can do when you're in, one, in, a, in a rut, as we would say, is to tell somebody. Because sometimes you get stuck in a rut, and you're, you can't get yourself out. You need somebody to help you get out. There's a meme. I don't know if anyone's seen it. It's, um, I should have put it up there. It's this guy who's pulling a sheep out of a trench. It's like he's head down in it. It's just his butt and legs are sticking up. He yanks this thing up and it goes boing, 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 boop, boom, and dives right back into it. Have you seen that? It goes you know, 10 yards down and boom, right back into the same spot. Can't get himself out. Sometimes we end up like that. And one of the things that, that we come here and, and gather together to do is to be reminded that the word of God should amaze us every single day, not just because Sam, Sam's preaching it or Chris is preaching it or because some other guy is delivering it, because it's just as amazing when you get up in the morning in the stillness of your own home. So does the word amaze you? Second, verse 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light and it giveth understanding unto the simple. So the next... The next reality that we want to, to address is this, is that the word of God is enlightening. Okay, not only is it wonderful, uh, you know, like in the sense that, uh, you know, Marvel movies are, are also wonderful. They're like, wow, those are amazing. That is a cool show. The Cirque du Soleil is wonderful. I went and saw that show and I'm like, wow, those people can do crazy things. That's wonderful. But I don't walk away with anything that, that's, that, that, you know, opens my eyes and helps me with life after I've watched a circus or Captain Marvel, or whatever it is. But here's the difference about the word. Not only is it wonderful, it's enlightening, meaning it shines light. It can provide a path, and it is the only thing that can provide a right path for us. We had that um, back in 105, Psalm 119, 105. Pastor Best was in here covering that stanza. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A verse that if you grew up in Sunday school, you've known since you were, you know, eight or nine, right? And so we get the idea because it was given to us all along. 
But God's word wants to bring light into your life and to begin to, here's one of the hard things that light does. It uncovers the hidden things. It uncovers the darkness. You know, my kitchen looks good in the dark. And some days I turn the light on. I'm like, oh, whoops, I didn't do my dishes last night. And I'm like, I should have left them lights out, right? Because that's what the light does. It's enlightening. It shows you the true state of, of who you are or where you are or how you are. And it's interesting because it says this. The entrance of the words giveth light and it giveth understanding to the simple, right? It talks specifically about uh, a specific type of person here. And, and the reality is this, is that light changes the simple. Once light comes in, well, you no longer have an excuse for being simple. Sometimes we have an excuse. You can be like, well, I, I didn't know. I mean, in the end of the day, it doesn't fly. It doesn't work with the police officer who pulls you over and you're like, I didn't know the speed limit. Like, you're still accountable. But here's the reality. Once the light comes in, then you definitely, you have no excuse. And the light comes in and will bring you to a place where you, where you now have to face and be held accountable to the reality of what's going on. And here's the, the truth, and this is an okay truth to, to recognize and admit. The more I look into the word and the more I allow it to be enlightening in my life, the more I recognize that there are, there are areas where I'm simple. I'll, I'm here to, to confess, I'm, I'm simple. <laughs> but what I need is the light to enlighten me so that I'm not so simple. Maybe, maybe you've been coming... For a little while or maybe not a little while maybe you're new or you know maybe been here as long as i have which is basically since the beginning and sometimes you'll hear sam or somebody will say something from the pulpit and you go i never knew that was in the word of god like is that for real and when it's real what you're realizing you're being brought to to come face to face with the idea that i'm a little i'm a little simple in this area there may be a fact or maybe some of the data in the bible and you go oh okay and that should drive me to say well i need then more light maybe it has to do with the practical aspects of life maybe you'd say you know what in terms of uh parenting teenagers i'm i'm, I'm new to this game like, that's not me my, i told you my kids are still young but as you work through phases in life as you grow in ministry you become a disciple and you go i, I need a little more help and and how to disciple uh, i need a little more help and how to be a counselor do you know where you get enlightened into those areas that you are simple you dig into the word of god and you let it change you so it's okay to admit that you're simple. There's no shame in that. In fact, it would be good and it would be honest uh, as we get into a group and we start praying for you to look at your life in relation to the standard and, uh, and, 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 and that is set by the word of God and say, uh, hey, friend, hey, family, this is where I think I'm a little simple. This is where I need God's word to enlighten me, to come in and to shine some light. Or here's an area, there's, you know, the world, man, if you're, if you're interacting with people, then you're realizing how quickly um, culture and society change, right? And I work with uh, college students. I teach at KU School of Nursing. So I got the, like the 20, 22, 23-year-olds. So they're in tune with everything. And for them, society's moving like at warp speed. And they have something new, some new theories, some new ideas, some new way of living. Like every other week. He'll tell me something. I'm like, huh, okay. I guess, what does the Bible say about that? Like, I need to be enlightened as to this new crazy idea. 
that you come up with. And then I get in and I realize, huh, it's not a new crazy idea. It's, it's always rooted in, you know, a few simple things, but I need the word of God to bring light into my life. Ephesians 5, 13 and 14, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And this is what the word does. It makes manifest. Wherefore he saith, awaken thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. And the way that Christ does that is through his word. In Proverbs chapter one, uh, it, it begins to lay out kind of the purpose of the Proverbs. And in verse four, it says to give, to give subtlety to the simple and to the young man knowledge and discretion. Purpose of the Proverbs, the purpose of the word is to grow you to give you knowledge and discretion further down in that same chapter. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorner delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and I will make known my words unto you. If you don't want to be simple, it's the words of God that will change you and bring you light. And so here's the next question as we get ready to, to spend some time together. Does the word lead you? Because if it's a light into my path, then it shows me exactly where I should go. So either I'm I'm following it and I'm walking in the light or I'm choosing to, to walk in darkness. So are you letting the word lead you? The next verse, 131. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. I was kind of meditating on that word pant, uh, you know, over the last week or two as I was getting ready to, to, to teach through this. And uh, I go to the gym and I kind of, my workouts come in seasons. Sometimes I'll, I'll lift heavier weights and, and try to focus, you know, on just kind of making sure I'm, I'm strong and building muscles. And then I'll usually do that for about three weeks. And then I'll shift to where I'm being more kind of diverse in my workouts and active. And I'll increase my, my cardio a little and I'll do you know, more kind of, kind of crazier things, uh, more reps trying to kind of make all that strength functional. All right, so I kind of go, go through these cycles. But what I realized is that I haven't actually physically panted in a while. Like I haven't, even though I go to the gym, I haven't pushed myself to where I'm like, <sighs> and so I decided like for the next two weeks when I'm in the gym, my goal every time I'm there is to physically pant and get myself to that point so that, you know, I think the physical and the spiritual that, you know, they mirror each other. I, I need to understand this idea of, of David saying, I, I pant for your word. What does that mean? As so I went and, I, you know, I'm, I'm on, I'm doing, I'm running on the Stairmaster and I'm doing all kinds of stuff, doing burpees and getting my heart rate way up. And then I'm like, oh, oh, this is a dumb idea, you know? <laughs> But when you, when you get there, you, you realize, and, and you know, I'm a nurse, so I understand it physiologically. I, you, you know why you pant, right? Because your body is, you need oxygen because you're desperate, because your body is so desperate. You've brought yourself to a place where uh, the, the expenditure in your body has, has surpassed the supply of oxygen, and you're going, <gasps> get oxygen in. And so your mouth is open because your mouth hole is bigger than your nose hole, and you're trying to get more oxygen in, and it's like you're, it's like you were gulping in oxygen. You're going, ah. and that's your lungs and your body's way of saying, this is, this is work for me. This was hard. I've taken my body to a place that it is uncomfortable and it's not used to being. 
And David said, this is the way he feels about the word of God. As desperately as, as, as someone who is held underwater too long or, or was pushed too hard on the treadmill and you get off and you're just gasping for air, he says, that is how I feel about the word of God. There's a practical side to it. Uh, I would say everybody should pant physically. That is good for your body. Side note, we're just taking a pause on the, on the word right here. If you don't have a regular habit of pushing your body to that place, you should. It will keep you healthy. It will give you longer life and it will give you higher quality of life as well. And that's probably the better aspect of it. You want a heart that is able to keep up because later, you know, in the next year or two, some of you are going to say, I want to go to Romania and visit Doug Howie. And you're going to go and he's going to be like, we're walking to the castle. And Doug's going to walk to the castle and you're going to be going, okay, I'll be, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. Okay. So you want to take care of your body. But more than that, do you feel that way about the word of God? Is it such a necessity that you wake up? And you're desperate for it. That the word is what drives you, what you have to have. I opened my mouth and I panted because I just long for your commandments. Which sounds almost a little weird. It's like, God, just feel like he's saying, give me another rule, commandment. Give me another stipulation. Limit me more. They was like, yes, that's exactly what I need. I need less of me involved in this whole human experience and i need you psalm 119 120 my soul breaketh for the longing that it hath under thy judgments at all times oops sorry skipped it go there you were helping me we did it at the same time thanks bro <laughs> this is david's position and, and it's, I need your word in my life. And so here's the third question that we'll take to challenge each other as we pray. Does the word challenge you? So not only does it enlighten you, sometimes enlightenment is easy. You're like, oh, I see, I need to go there. And, and we move naturally into, you know, like water, the place of least resistance is the way we want to go. But when the word enlightens us and shows us a hard path, are we willing to take the challenge? Does the word actually challenge you? If if when you get into the word, everything that God is showing you is convenient, easy, and things you already know, I would, I would propose that you're probably not listening to the spirit while you read. Because the spirit wants to challenge you. Okay? So we're going to pause right here. I just put a summary of those three verses up on the board, 129, 130, and 131. And these are the things that we've seen thus far. Uh, a right perspective which means I'm standing in the right place and I'm angled in the right direction, but I also need right vision out of 130, which means I, uh, I see things the way that God sees them. In 131, I got to have a right heart. And then there's questions that you also wrote the other questions. This is a different uh, take on all of those same questions. So 129, where am I apathetic? Where have I become lazy? Verse 130, where am I simple? Where do I just need to grow? And in verse uh, 131, where am I out of shape? Where, where, I'm, where I'm not apathetic, I want to, but I just realize I don't have the capacity, so strengthen me. And does the word amaze me? Does it lead me? And does it challenge me? Now, I want us to get into groups 
four or five, um, not just you and uh, your spouse or you know your, your best friend, make it a bigger group so you're interacting with other people. And we'll take 10 minutes and I'll come bring us back together and we'll hit the second half of the chapter together. So does that make sense? Jeanette and Linda are in the house, both. We're glad you're here and we hope you partner together, but get a friend with you. I'm just saying you can't be just the two of you, right? If you're all Riley's, like, hallelujah, let someone break into your, to your Riley love, all right? So move around, take 10 minutes and talk through these things, share, let's pray about that, and then we'll come back together in, in about 10. I want to bring us back together. I'm seeing a lot of groups, a lot of people, I, I think we're, we're having some really good conversations in their groups just by looking and knowing what I heard in my own group. I want to give you the last half of this chapter real fast, and we'll hopefully take the last five or seven minutes. You can get back into your groups and finish there. You see the progression where David's leading us in those first three verses from being apathetic. I don't even care. I don't, you know, I don't even, it doesn't even matter to me to, it matters, but I, I just don't know enough. Oh, it's like when you start trying to get physically healthy and then you go, I, I never knew Nutella wasn't uh, a health food. Oh, well, now that I know I'll quit eating it. Like I was just simple there. I do care. I'm not apathetic. I, oh, I, cause it's got a picture of a little green plant on the, on the front, you know? Oh, hazelnut's good for you, right? with a whole bunch of sugar to the point where he leads you beyond that and you and you do care and you're not simple you know it's just that it's it's pushing you beyond your limits and this is good it's growing you in the last half these last four verses you get four prayers that come out of david and i'll make this real quick i think it's interesting the prayers that come because in every one of them if you were to look at them from a different perspective we would practically say that there's a lot of things that you yourself could do in these situations so 132 look upon me and be merciful unto me as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name this one might be the uh, the only exception but the the prayer is look upon me uh, and this needs to be one of our prayers consistently unto the lord god would you just look at me god set your face on me and, and there are things where you could say well position yourself in the direction that he's gazing you know, there are certain things that you could do. Well, get up in the morning and, and sit down. Uh, you know, that, that came up in our group. If I would just get to the gym, then I work out. If I just get up in the morning and get at my desk with a Bible, then I read. So there's certain ways that I can get God's favor to look upon me. But here's David's prayer. Look at me. God, just, look, just, just would you look at me? And that's a good prayer. I think it's a prayer that we ought to consider praying. God, ask God and and then the next one, uh, they just get a little kind of stronger, uh, especially this one, because it goes, order my steps in the word. And practically, we'd say, well, you order your steps in the word. We're like, well, Dell, you're not walking in the word because you didn't get up and walk in the word. Like, it's that simple <laughs> at some level, right? Um, but here's David's prayer. He puts it on God. He goes, God, you order my steps in the word. And that's not to say that you don't have a responsibility, that you shouldn't be taking ownership for this, but it's also good to get God involved because God wants to be involved in every aspect, in every area of your life. And here's David's prayer. God, you do this. You order my steps because sometimes 
I wander because sometimes my steps slip because sometimes I can't do it on my own. So God, you order my steps because I know that I need to be in your word. I know I need to be in your presence. So here's another prayer that David prays. Order my steps and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. God, protect me as you order my steps. Also protect me. And the next, the next prayer he makes then in verse 30, 134 is deliver me. And again, this is one of those things where a lot of times, like, I say this with my kids a lot. They get in, they do dumb stuff. I'm like, well, well, then don't be there. Don't be in the situation. I look at the way my kids fight, and they sit there and they antagonize each other, and then they, you know, they, and they explode. I'm like, get up and walk away. Kid two, kid one's starting to fight. Kid two engages in a fight, and then kid two comes and cries. I'm like, well, you could have walked away. You could have delivered yourself again. So there are practical sides to this, but here's David's prayer. I want to get God involved in that too. Meaning, yes, be practical, but don't get so practical that you've practically worked God out of your life. I can pray every trouble, every trial, everything that I have. Here's David's prayer. God, deliver me. Deliver me from the, the oppression of men. So will I keep thy precepts. And the last... Uh, Second to last verse is this, make thy face to shine upon thy servant. And that's similar to, to 132, look upon me. He takes it a step farther. Don't only look on me, but God, I want your blessing. I want to receive more from you. Make your face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. And again, this is a prayer that I think has a practical side to it. Like we know that there's things that God loves. We know there's things that he tells us lead to blessing and lead to benefit in our life. And you can do those things. But on top of that, David is saying, but also bless me. Also, God, I want to be in living in, in the glory of your presence. Make your face to shine upon me. So for us too, as counselors, let's not forget, there are practical sides when we offer advice to people. There are practical things that, that obviously we need to counsel people through. And a lot of what you're doing is because uh, well, you're simple, maybe, uh, or you're apathetic, or you're just not strong enough yet. But add to that the reality that God wants to be involved in it. This is, these are the kind of prayers that you should pray every day. God, make your face to shine upon me. Uh, you saw a few, quite a few stanzas back. Open thou mine eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of thy word. God, I'm going to open your word, but what good is it if you don't open your word to me? Right? So we want God to be involved in all of these things. And lastly, he ends with, with this statement. Rivers of water run down mine eyes, because they keep not thy law. And, I, and I'll just say, what brings you to tears? We'll just leave it at that. What, are you, what, what is worth your tears in your life? You say that a lot when you got a six-year-old girl. <laughs> is this really worth your tears? Is this really that big of a deal? The tears are important to the Lord, so much so that he collects them. But what are we weeping over? So what are the things that drive us to tears? Is it because there are, there are people who don't keep your law? Is that one of the things that drives us to tears? So take those things, and we've got about five minutes, five to seven minutes left. Uh, and I just wanted to walk you real quickly through those those prayers and, and remind you to bring God into every aspect of your life and don't just try to work it out in your power. Right. So get back in your groups. I think some of you were in a good place and, and had some good conversation. You can add these last thoughts to it, or you can get back where you were.
And then we'll just dismiss from our groups in about five or seven minutes. Whenever you guys are done, you just say, I love you. See you downstairs. <laughs>